heights to the depths of the sea. Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved, who also had leaned on his breast at dinner, saying, Lord, who who is it that would betray you? So Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, But Lord, what about this man? You've told me that I'm going to be crucified, but what about John? What's going to happen to him? Is he going to get hit by a truck? How's he going to die? And Jesus said to him, If I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? All exclaiming, indescribable, uncontainable, you place the stars in the sky and you know them by name, you are amazing. Welcome everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. Jesus just renewed his challenge to Peter in John chapter 21, verse 19, which was, Follow me. But Peter's first response was not to tell Jesus yes, but he looked at the other disciple, John, and said, But Lord, what about this man? Peter's first response to the personal challenge of Jesus was to deflect it by wondering what Jesus wanted to do regarding someone else. Peter represents most all of us. We find it easy to deflect any personal challenge from Jesus by wondering and even worrying about what other disciples are doing or what Jesus may require from them. Now let's join Pastor Rob as he concludes our study in the Gospel of John. It's it's an acquaintance, it's a love, but it's not quite as high as agapeo. You know I love you. And he said to him the second time, Simon, do you agapeo me? Do you love me in that highest regard, Peter? And he said to them, yes, Lord, you know that I phileo you. You know that I love you in a friendly sense. And he said to him the third time, Simon, do you phileo me? Do you know why Peter was grieved? Because Jesus was prompting him, do you really love me, Peter, in, in the highest? Am I the highest and the best in your life? And Peter's like, Lord, I, I, I love you. I, I'm not quite there yet. Remember I just a few days ago, about a week or so ago, I, uh, I was denying you. I'm moving up the chain here. I'm, I love you. I phileo you, but I'm not quite there yet. But then when Jesus said in verse 17, notice it. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you phileo me? And what does that do to Peter? It just melts his heart because they're, they're playing a word game here. And it's not that Jesus was upset with Peter. He knew exactly where he was at. He wasn't upset with him. But he's like, Peter, do you phileo me? And he said, Lord, and, uh, and he was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you phileo me? Do you love me? Not in the highest, but even just down below, do you, do you love me? And Peter said, Lord, you know I phileo you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. And what I believe is so wonderful about these verses and the underlying Greek meaning of the word love is that Jesus is going to meet Peter right where he's at and he won't browbeat him. He's not going to beat on him. He's not going to belittle him. Jesus will continue to encourage Peter in this love for Jesus. And Jesus would use him even though Peter was not perfect. He was going to allow him to be a leader and yet his love for Christ was still forming. 
And I don't know about you, but that encourages me because my love for Christ is forming. It's not quite where it should be. Can anybody relate to that? I mean, I can talk the talk all I want, but God knows the reality. And I'm learning more of the reality based on experience of how much I really love him. And honestly, I don't know where I'm at completely. There are days where I feel like I could say, Lord, I agape you. <laughs> and there's other days I'm like, oh, I'm not sure I know who you are. And aren't you glad that God didn't browbeat Peter? See, Jesus doesn't use perfect people because he can't find any. He's the only perfect person. So I qualify for the kingdom of God because I'm imperfect, but my God is perfect, and in him I have become perfected and ultimately will be perfected. I won't be like him. I'll be similar to him, but I won't be God, but I will be like him. Isn't that wonderful news? I love what it says in the Psalms. It's kind of a a self-esteem breaker. But so be it. The Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand who seek God. And here's the answer that is replied back. They've all turned aside. They have all together become corrupt. There is none who does good. No, not one. Oh, that's exciting. I think Peter can relate to that. I think I can relate to that. So if God can have this dialogue with Peter and expose really where his love really is, and yet God would say, now feed my sheep, Peter. I still want you to be a leader, and you work with that, and I'll work in you and continue to work in you. And see, he does the same thing with us, folks. He's not mad at you. I don't care where you go. If somebody says, well, God's just angry at you, you can say, you know what? He's taken his anger and his judgment upon Christ at the cross. He doesn't need to be angry with me. I can grieve him, there's no doubt, but he's not angry with me. He knows I'm a work in progress. He knows these things. And I love what it says in Isaiah 42. One of my favorite verses. A bruised reed he will not break, and smoking flax he will not quench. A bruised reed. You ever seen a reed alongside the shoreline of like Lake you know, Ontario or on Canandaigua Lake? Those reeds that grow up and it's kind of broken and kind of bruised. He's not going to... Um, he's not going to break that bruised reed. He's going to tilt it back up again. That it, it might be. He's going to put a splint in it, you know, and make sure that it gets the it, it recovers and heals. And a smoking flax. It's smoking. It's smoking. It's not on fire, but he's not going to quench it. He's going to rather put more fuel on the fire to have it grow into a big flame. See, that's the we have. We have to have. Lord, what happened to us? What happened to me? What happened to us? And I'm not saying that you specifically, but if the shoe fits, we need to wear it. Where is my heart? Where is the fire? Has it gone out in my heart? Am I no longer willing to share anymore? Am I just content on waiting for the rapture? You can do that. And God still loves you. And you're still going up. But folks, we're missing. We're missing what he wanted us to do. We're missing the Great Commission. It's the only commission he's given us, and it's a great commission. It's a wonderful commission. It's the most important message on the planet. No greater message than the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we have to be out doing it. That's why this summer, pray that, we, that the Lord gives us more direction and wisdom because we want to plan an outreach in our, in our, in our community here in the neighborhood. It's a great neighborhood. We want to go out. 
Talk to them again. We've done it a couple times, a couple years in a row. We want to go out two by two, door to door, just love on people. Give them Bibles. Invite them to come to a picnic and eat. And give them whatever they want, you know, and just love on them. Ask them if you can pray for them. We've got to be about that again, folks. And it can't just be something that we do only on a certain day of the year when the church calendar. No, it has to be something that's got to be an attitude of our heart all year round. Are we willing to be inconvenienced? to share the truth with somebody. Because see, that's what real love is all about, and that's what discipleship is all about. So let's continue. I, I'm going to keep you a little bit longer today, and I apologize. Actually, I don't apologize. It's just um, we're going to get through this chapter. We're almost at the end, so bear with me here. But notice, now we're going to see the prophecy of Peter's death. It said, Most assuredly, Jesus says to Peter, I say to you that when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wish, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands. And what does that sound like to you? It's exactly what you think it is. Jesus stretched out his hands. It can only mean one thing, the crucifixion. You are going to be crucified, Peter. When you are older, it's going to happen. You'll stretch out your hands, and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. And this he spoke, signifying by what death he will glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. Now, church history tells us that Peter was crucified. Peter and Paul actually were crucified, or actually Paul was beheaded, but Peter was crucified in Rome under Nero. Nero was the worst He was one of the most wicked, godless men that ever graced the halls of the Vatican. This guy was the most wicked. Even historians say this man, he killed his family members. I mean, with no remorse. I mean, this guy was just evil to the bone. But according to Eusebius, uh, a historian, a church father in uh, book 2, chapter 25 of Ecclesiastical History, he said this, he says, According to the best evidence, and especially of that of modern archaeology, Peter was crucified on Vatican Hill, where Nero's circus was. Now, it's not a circus with Ferris wheels and stuff like that. Whatever he did, I'm sure it was uh, not the circus that you and I are thinking of. But where the, people, the persecution took place, his remains were said to have been buried in the catacombs of San Sebastiano in 285 A.D., but to have been transferred in the 4th century to the Basilica of St. Peter, which stood on the site of the present Basilica on the Vatican. And according to at least one apocryphal work in the late 2nd century, and you've heard this before, and this is where it comes from. It's from a, an apocryphal work, and this is just a... We have to take the apocrypha very carefully. You know, in some Catholic Bibles, you'll see right in the center, they have a section called the Apocrypha, which is hidden books, basically. That's what the word means, hidden. And they're not part of the canon, and for good reason, because they're spurious. They're not all um, truth and accurate. And so there's a lot of problems with many of them, okay? Now, this is one of those things. It's an apocryphal book in the late 2nd uh, century, somewhere around 180 to 190, called the Acts of Peter. But I want to read to you, because you've heard this before from this pulpit, from Pastor Jeff many years ago, that there was a, um, a, a church tradition that Peter was hung upside down on the cross. And it's possible But it's not conclusive. But this is where we get it from, and it's from the Acts of Peter. 
And it says this, In the account of the death of Peter in the Acts of Peter, he approaches the place of execution and gives a speech to the people and the cross. And he concludes by saying, and this is the quote, this is what Peter supposedly had said. Okay, We have to take it with a grain of salt, but it's very possible. And this is what he said. He spoke to himself in the third person. It says, But it is time for you, Peter, to surrender your body to those who are taking it. So take it. And then, you, whose duty, whose duty it is, and I request you, therefore, executioners, to crucify me head downwards in this way and no other. End quote. So Peter gives a final speech while upside down on the cross, and then he dies. And so we believe, through that work and through church tradition, that that's the way Peter ultimately died. And it certainly corroborates with what, at least what Jesus said about him spreading forth his hands. Whether he was upside down or not, we don't know any of that. It's possible. But notice, then Peter, turning around, saw the disciples, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following, who also, notice this, underline this in your Bible, in, cha- in verse 20, who also leaned on his breast at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? Who was that person? We know that, right, from John chapter 13? It was John the Apostle. He was the one. So Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved, who also had leaned on his breast at dinner, saying, Lord, who was it that would betray you? So Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, But Lord, what about this man? You've told me that I'm going to be crucified, but what about John? What's going to happen to him? Is he going to get hit by a truck? How's he going to die? And Jesus said to him, If I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. In other words, don't worry about what I've got planned for him. My plan for him is different, John, or Peter, or John, yeah, Peter. My plan is different for him. But that's no, don't worry about what I've got planned for him. You follow me. See, even the disciples were thinking horizontally instead of vertically. See, we're not that much different, right? We always tend to think like this and not so much like this, and that's where my problem is most of the time. I begin to compare myself with each, each of you, and then, you know, and, and, and is that really the right thing to do? And Peter rebuked him. He said, or Jesus rebuked uh, Peter and says, don't worry about what I got with John. And it's kind of ironic that John died natural causes. He's the only one of the disciples who didn't die a horrific, a horrific death. All the others were martyred, killed, crucified, thrown off the pinnacle of the temple of the temple, and then beaten in the head with a club until they died. James, the Lord's brother, was killed like that. So then this saying went out from among the brethren that this disciple, speaking of John, would not die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he would not die, but if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? And so this chapter actually is going to help quell some rumors that were starting to float around about, well, Jesus said that, you know, he, and, and, and John is nipping that in the bud right now, and he says, no, that's not what he meant. That's not what he meant. So enough with the rumors. <laughs> that's what he's basically saying. And then finally to finish up, this is the disciple who testifies these things and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. Who is this disciple who testifies of these things? We saw it in verse 20. 
And this is the, and we know that his testimony is true. So between this verse and verse 20, this gives definitive proof that the author of the, who the author is of this account. It's John the Apostle. Now that may not mean like, be like a big deal to all of you. Most of you just take it at face value that John's the author of the gospel. But as you begin to read, there are always people, high fluting people, some of them not so will try to bamboozle you and say, well, the Gospels, you know, the um, I've studied the manuscripts. I've looked at them under a microscope. And I have found that John is not the author of this Gospel. And yet the Bible says that he is. So I've got a decision to make. I'm either going to believe the Word of God or I'm going to believe some guy in an ivory tower who talks like Thurston Howell. Yes, at Yale and Oxford. Nothing wrong with those schools. If anybody's gone to those schools, I don't mean to pick at you. I went to an Ivy League school too. But God has changed my heart. And I count his word higher than anything else. And I pray that you do too. I pray that you come with me as well to just love the Word of God. Love the Word of God. And love, love the peace that the Word of God brings when you read it and when you just simply believe it and then you actually act upon it. There's no greater thing in this entire world. Can you, I mean, putting your head down on the pillow at night and knowing that you did the right thing today. And even if you didn't do the right thing, to say, Lord, I know I've did some things today that I really regret. Would you forgive me? He says, I forgive you. And you're like, oh. Now you can rest your head on your pillow and you sleep like a baby and you wake up the next day and you're ready to get at it again and he's with you. He is with you and he loves you. He loves you and he's never going to quit you. Did he quit Peter, the man who denied him three times? Did he, did he hang up on Peter? Did he you know, hang up on him and stop texting him because he said, Lord, I phileo you, I don't agapeo you. I, I kind of I kind of like you, but you know I'm just not quite there yet. Did Jesus say, "Well, I'm blocking you. I'm blocking you on my iPhone." No, he's like, "All right, we're we're making progress. You used to deny me. Now you like me a little bit better. And before Peter, it won't be long, and you'll be completely consumed by me. So much so that you'll even allow yourself to be crucified." And we don't know if this is true or not, but some believe that Peter may have requested to be upside down because he didn't want to die the same. He didn't feel like he was worthy to die in the same way. We don't know if that's really true or not. There's really no evidence of that, but it's very possible. It sounds like something Peter would do. He's so impetuous. No, wait, wait. And cruci- you know, executioners, don't hang me like Jesus, but flip me 180 degrees. Just spin me like, you know, just flip me. I'm not worthy to be crucified like my king. And that, folks, guess what that is? Agape. He was willing to give up everything. And he never once renounced Jesus. He said, now, I agape you, Lord. And he didn't have to boast about it. He didn't have to boast about it because the proof of it was him on the cross. And as he was dying on the cross, upside down, we believe, He's still preaching until he died.
I don't know about you, but that's pretty cool. I'm not sure that that's the way I want to go out, though. I'm thinking like an entire cheesecake. I had a really large cheesecake, and, 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 and the, the fat in the cheesecake just seizes me up like an engine on a cold day with no oil. I'd rather go that way. But you know what? We don't have to worry about those things. Those are in God's hands. Will you submit your heart to him again, afresh today? Will you give your heart to him even more than when you came in today? Would you be willing to respond to the Great Commission that we've been reading today and be encouraged by the restoration of a man who denied Jesus and now is the leader? Jesus would give him the keys. Would you be willing with me to make the determination today. And you don't have to make any promises. There's no promises. I'm just asking you to pray about how we go from here. How do we go from here? What do we do from this day onward, church? Because we need to be about our Father's business. That is the highest and the greatest calling in any of your vocations. Within your vocations, within your jobs, you can do all those things and do it rightly, do it respectfully, Do it at a time when you've got spare time. You be good about it. Honor your employer, but share the truth of Christ. And let's not cease to share that good news. Because again, that's what this gospel is all about. These things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ and that believing you might have life in his name. If there are anyone here this morning that has not given their heart to Christ, would you please, after the service, come up. I'd love to pray with you. Today is the day. It's not tomorrow. And folks, for those of us who, saints, let's commit our hearts to Christ again. And let's ask him to give us boldness and to give us hearts that really hurt for the the hurting and the lost that are all around us, a lot of people. So let's stand. And I'm just going to pray the prayer, and if you agree with me, agree with me in prayer. If you don't, that's okay. But Father, we come before you tonight, this morning, excuse me. We come before you, Lord. We recognize, Lord, there are many things in our life that are keeping us from experiencing your best, Lord. Some of these things we've placed upon ourselves. Some of these are fear. Some of these things are just, we can blame it on our personality. But Lord, the truth of the matter is, Lord, would you give us, Lord, just the heart to speak with our mouths? In fact, Lord, how could we not speak when you have delivered us from so great a death? An eternal death, Lord. You've delivered us. And Lord, with that excitement, God, with that truth, Lord, may it set us on fire again. Lord, may you ignite the fire in me. May you ignite the fire in my brothers and sisters as well, Lord. Do with us as you will, Lord. And thank you for this gospel, Lord. It has truly changed my life. And I pray that it would change the life of everyone here. We love you, Lord Jesus, and we look forward to your soon return. And it's in your precious name, the name above all names, 
In Jesus' name we pray. That concludes our study in the Gospel of John. But please join us next time when Pastor Rob begins a study in the Old Testament book of 1 Kings. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as our location, service times, information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, and information regarding Bread of Life Academy, our new school opening in the fall of 2023. Just click the school link at the top of the page for more information. Additionally, you may also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play Podcast or Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.